Samaritan's Purse is in the process of setting up an emergency field hospital in western Ukraine. The DC-8 cargo plane airlifted the initial phase of the hospital on March 4th, along with disaster assistance response team members, including doctors, nurses, logistics, and other personnel. The field hospital will have two operating rooms with capacity for 14 major surgeries or 30 minor surgeries per day. The emergency room can handle 100 patients per day, and the facility also has a pharmacy and its own water and sanitation system. Ukrainian families are hurting and in desperate need of physical aid and prayer during this difficult time. You can be a part of helping the people of Ukraine. Donate now at SamaritansPurse.org. Coming up in this episode of Finding Common Ground. How do you look at your friends of a different color when something happens that makes you understand that you are not the same? Bill, you didn't go to church looking for women, did you? No, no, no. They came looking for me. (laughs) (laughs) There are two sides to every coin. How do we deal with racial issues when they affect relationships? Finding common ground on all those issues that we come against. There's black and there's white. And I think as Christians, we have to learn how to get together because we're not in heaven. I've met more interesting people just by God just bringing them in. Republicans and Democrats. But a lot of times when it comes to race and it comes to culture and it comes to perception, even as Christians, we don't always understand. We look at it through our lenses. There's Bill. I grew up in a suburb of Cleveland called Parma. Uh, Any black the, people in Parma? There was not one. Not one black person, not Bill? Not one. Come not on, Bill. One. You got to have one a nope. token black person. A token and there's Odell. I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina. Public housing, single mom, divorced single mom with four kids. And I came up through segregation and all that kind of stuff. If a black person drove through the town, the police would stop and escort them out. Bill and Odell are finding common ground. A part of what we have to do is listen to each other, find the common ground, and question, not questioning you like you're on a witness stand, but questioning you for a better understanding. Dear Heavenly Father, just uh, thank you for this day. Thank you for my friend Odell. Thank you for our families. We ask for blessings on this show that uh, will reach people and have them reach out to someone that's not the same as them and develop friendships one person at a time. And, you know, as we, God, we just continue to go through our day-to-day activities, sometimes we just forget to say thank you. We quite often ask you for things, and you bless us with things, Just thank you for our health and our strength, for our families, for the opportunity to even have this platform. So God, we just say thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray and believe. Amen. Amen. So how you doing, Odell? Doing pretty good, my friend. You know, it's interesting. I saw you the other day when we were uh, having coffee and you jumped out of the car with those legs and all this kind of good stuff, short pants and all that, legs the son haven't seen, the son haven't seen in 99 years, but that's okay. And you had some old fancy shoes. And I said, you know what, Bill, those look like some Odell shoes. And, you know, it's interesting. I'm, 
I'll wear Kohan shoes and all kind of colors. And, you know, I don't want you to start wearing colors dressed like a black preacher or something like that with all these colors and orange like I have on the day. But you said something very interesting about those shoes on where you got the shoes from. Because I go down to the malls, the Kohans, and you went where to get your shoes? Medellin, Colombia. <laughs> you know, you got to go shopping someplace. Halfway around the world? Yeah, I was down in Medellin, Colombia on a business trip uh, for with some friends, Kelly Hahn and a group, and uh, we walked in a leather store, and I saw these shoes, and I first said, I got to get them before Odell gets them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it reminds me of our trip when we went to New Mexico. We went to Philmont Boy Scout Ranch. I'm involved in Boy Scouts, as, as you know, and we did a board retreat. We, we had, took about uh, maybe a dozen people and uh, the wives and uh i've been there a number of times on a board retreat but this first time we wanted you and bev to come and join us and experience northern new mexico that's where philmont is and uh, a little history on philmont philmont is about 140,000 acres of a boy scout camp donated to the boy scouts by phillips petroleum uh air and uh, he gave us his hunt camp in, in the 20s and we've kept it as an outdoor adventure and uh, we wanted to have you and Bev experience that. You know it's just interesting everything from the museum the Philmont Museum to the Philmont Mansion which is interesting that mansion was just something to Kit Carson's house uh, just just so much and then down to I think it was Cimarron down there to the St. James Hotel where there's a shootout back at the OK Corral so we're sitting there having dinner and everything is like you know like always well too many black folks in New Mexico Bill but you know I was there you was there and it was really special I do remember asking you what was your impression of the trip after we got back to Albuquerque and do you remember what you told me I don't know remind me well the first thing you said is there's a lot of Hispanics here. Yeah. And yeah. the second thing you said, there weren't a lot of black people. Now, now and it's interesting that sometime, you know, as a black Christian, I, just as a black person in general, a lot of times I, I look around and it's like, oh, I don't see too many of us here. And it's just something I just want to be aware of. I just am taught from a child to be aware. And I was aware. But, you know, my friend Bill was there. My friend Bill was there, and whether we went to Taos, New Mexico, or Albuquerque, New Mexico, uh, you were there, and that was good enough for me. So you yeah. were my black brother yeah, I was. doing that trip. I was. And do you remember the uh, the night we were all sitting in the uh, chief scout executive's cabin and with the wives, and we had just finished a meal, and we were just sitting there talking, and I think you came up with the idea said, why don't we go around and talk about how you met your spouse. It was a Jesus moment. We said, everybody was just sitting there having a good time. We've traveled all day. I think that was the second night. And we're like, hey, let's go around and just, you know, how we met person. We went around and I, I explained how I met my wife. I, I was a single dad and I prayed to God to give bring a Christian woman into my life. And I was at church, Grace Community Church. I was... Uh, just got there early, and I see this beautiful, tall woman walk across in the front of the church, and I go, holy cow, that is a keeper, uh, but it looks like it might be a hard deal to close. 
a hard deal of clothes in the church, a keeper in the church. Bill, you didn't go to church looking for women, did you? No, no, no. They came for looking for me. <laughs> <laughs> As a matter of fact, that's what happened. When they found out I was a single dad, uh, all the single moms were said, he's, he's, he's ready to be picked. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyhow, I, I, uh, I met my wife, and uh, we, uh, we actually went to a hockey game together, and I asked her if she was interested in uh, in uh, she dating anybody, and she said, "No, men are scum." I guess she had just broken up with a bad guy. So, well, I, I met Beverly. We were home for college one day on break, and just I went to her. It was it was at a like a little disco place back in the day. So that's telling how old I was. And I remember she was sitting at the table with four other young ladies. And I went to the first young lady and asked her to dance. And she said no. So I went to the second young lady at the table and asked her to dance. And she said no. And I went to the third young lady at the table and asked her to dance. And she said no. And then I went, Bev was fourth, not last. I think it was five young ladies at the table. (laughs) (laughs) And asked her to dance. And she said yes. And we danced all night. And we have been dancing together now for 39 years. Oh, man. What a great story. I love it. I love it. So everything that, you know, is interesting. Everything don't start in church. And, you know, speaking of sometime when things are not right, and we we fall and we make mistakes. And I think that's a big part of Christianity that, you know, grace and forgiveness. And one of the organizations, Bill, that you and I both love, and we serve on boards and national boards, and you are just a big, big, big dog in it right now, is... Boy Scouts of America, and the whole thing with the bankruptcy and everything, and that's a Christian organization. Yeah, yeah, we're going through the Scouts are going through a lot right now. You know, we do we we raise up young people to start out with duty to God, duty to country, service to others, and then take care of yourself. And the devil don't like that. And so we're we're going through it. We've had some sins in the fifties and sixties and seventies that we're taking care of. Uh, we're addressing, but it's uh, put us in a pretty difficult position, but we'll get through it. We'll get through this, and, you know, we'll be around after that. You know, it's almost like in the church, you're on the board, I'm on some of the regional boards, and people ask us the question, as a leader of the Scouts, this happened and that happened, and you said, yes, it did happen. Just like in, just like in church, when as a leader in church and people are like, well— something didn't go right in church or someone got hurt or someone got their feelings hurt. And part of the whole Christianity and the cross and Jesus sacrificing the garden of Gethsemane and all the things that Jesus went through for us as leaders, you have to stand there and answer the question. You can't duck the question as a leader. You know, when, when there are sins involved, it hurts. Yeah. It hurts the person. It hurts the people that are involved. It hurts all the way through. And, and Jesus even said, and the Bible says that it goes through generations. Wow. And we're seeing that in scouting. Well, we see it in church. Church, they said there's no hurt like church hurt. Mm. And you hurt, you didn't do something right. You didn't come visit my mother at the hospital or... You know, and you think about COVID, we're just getting through COVID. And one of the things that happened during COVID is the fact that people died and they weren't had the opportunity to hold their loved one's hands. A lot of times you saw people for the last time 
through a device. And then during the funeral, you had a certain amount of people who could be at the funeral, who couldn't be at the funeral. You couldn't hug, you couldn't have social distancing. And in my culture, it's a lot of hugging and we remember and, you know, we have to have the the afterwards, the food afterward and all that. You know, in black churches, we're going to have macaroni and cheese. We're going to have green beans. We're going to have sweet tea. We're going to have chicken and we're going to have a roll. So that's what we're going to do in the repast. And but we're going to hug each other and love each other. We're going to tell them how good Jesus is. And we're going to say, baby, it's going to be okay." But COVID said no. Yeah, COVID COVID said you're not going to do that, Odell. So how do we deal with that hurt, Bill? Because we're still responsible because unintended consequences are still consequences. And to the flock, to the parishioners, I didn't get a chance to say goodbye to my loved one. Yeah, that's hard. You know, we we had some deaths in our family, and and the same thing happened. Even even not only the deaths, but the celebrations of weddings. Wow, you couldn't even do those with a with a large group. I was with a guy today at lunch, and he said he got married in uh, last October. And I said, COVID wedding. He goes, Yeah, we had three hundred fifty people, and we had to do it down to fifty. And so somebody's gonna be upset. Somebody's gonna say, yeah. Wait a minute, why was I? 51 and didn't attend versus 49 and I could come in and attend and you know Bill just our relationship and you said something the other day that was just so important to me you like Odell five years ago we wouldn't have had this relationship and I get that but five years ago with the scouts it wasn't a situation it is now because I just want to say to you how proud I am of you for standing there and taking 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 the tough questions taking the tough questions and not denying the truth. And that's the thing about Christianity, which I love about Jesus Christ, what I love about the Holy Spirit, what I love about the cross is that the cross will allow us to stand in the midst of the battle and tell the truth. And that's the beautiful thing about Easter. That's the beautiful thing about he arose from the dead. That's the beautiful thing about Lord and personal Savior. That's the beautiful thing about his blood cleansed me, that when God looks at Odell, he looks at me through the blood of Jesus Christ. Isn't that a blessing? Oh, man, that is such a blessing. You know, we need to step in that space. Mm. As Christians, we need not step back, but step into it. Lean into that space and be there. You know, like you and I, God brought us together. And there's other people listening. They they know someone's in their life they need to step into. Lean into those people and, and take responsibility, you know, and Listen, you know, we, one of the things that, you know, all of us, when we go to school, we're taught how to read the right spell and everything. We've never been get, given a class to listen. We listen to respond as opposed to really listening. Sometimes if you have a relationship like ours where you and I are doing good, then you see something on TV that a white person did this to a black person or a black person did this to a white person. And then you feel, how do I feel? How do I look when I see Bill? I quite often talk about the water cooler. You know, it's not a water cooler anymore, but you know, the water cooler. But I remember the days, Bill, when I, I had a briefcase. I know you, you you too young to remember briefcase, but how do you have these conversations? How do you look at your friends of a different color when something happens that makes you understand that you are not the same? You got to ask questions. You got to ask them questions. Help me understand why this. Help me understand why this is happening. Uh, and sometimes they don't know. They don't know. They don't know either. It's just it's it's working in the world uh, that's that's lost. You know, I I like to say you need to keep the main thing the main thing. And somebody asked me, well, what does that mean? 
And I said, well, what does it mean to you? What's your main thing? In my case, you and I, it's Jesus. But when I talk to scouts as volunteers, not all of them are in our same faith. We have Latter-day Saints. We have 33 different religions. Now, we all we all get together under one tent, and we all get along because we're all scouts. So I asked the volunteers, keep the main thing the main thing, and for them, the main thing are the kids. That's it, because I say it quite often. I'd rather see a young man who looked like me in a scout uniform instead of an orange jumpsuit. One of the first times we met, we were at uh, Lucky 32, and I, I had a meeting with you and one of your parishioners who worked in the scout office and another fellow, Doug Copeland, and we were we were wanting to meet you because I wanted to add diversification to our board. You asked me, you said, Bill, do you have an agenda for this lunch? And I said, no, I don't. I just was going to talk to you. So said, well, I have an agenda. Well, you know, the main thing is, Bill, because I get invited to a lot of things because sometimes you get invited to be the token black person on the board of directors. And I don't think that people really understand that it's a way to talk about that instead of ignore it. And you, I always want to figure out, am I being recruited to be the token black person on the board or am I being recruited for diversification so that I could share my thoughts? So that's why I said I had an agenda. And my agenda is I always appreciated and respected scouts. As a young man growing up in poverty, I couldn't afford the uniform. My brother was able to go through Cub Scouts for a while because we were able to afford it. But you know, when you don't have money, you can start something, but it takes resources to finish and complete it. Because when something don't go quite right, then you have to kind of circle the wagons. So I wanted to make sure that scouts, we could use that successful business model to help a lot of young men who look like me avoid ending up in a orange jumpsuit, but end up in a scouting uniform, hopefully becoming an Eagle Scout. But that, 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 that was my agenda. That was my agenda. How can this help show people God? How can it help show people a better way? How can it be a bridge, Bill? How can it be a bridge? Yeah. And you you, you mentioned that uh, when we were talking that, you know, all the young boys and even ladies want to be superstar sports person, things like that, or movie stars. And, you know, that's a, that's a tight pyramid. And uh, to, to get to the top, but they can all learn things in scouting that they can carry the rest of their life. So my understanding is that uh, at your church, to announce the program, you brought out a group of scouts and Boy Scout uniforms. And the announcement was, folks, we can support these folks for $300 a year for each scout. Or, and you brought out a kid in an <laughs> orange jumpsuit, we can pay for this. And that's $36,000 a year to keep him incarcerated. And that was just me trying to build a bridge that will help so many people have a better life. Because one thing about networking and understanding, because it's soft skills, meaning things we learn how to get along with people, they're hard skills, learning the task, but also they're transferable skills. And I think that if we can take, Chris, as we continue to take Christianity and make it practical, not just when we die and get in heaven, that's great. And I'm not taking anything away from that because that's the essence of the cross. But also, how can I serve my brother here? How can I serve my sister here? How can I work here to make heaven on earth? 
how can I just 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 do what God did, do what Jesus did, do what the Holy Spirit does? How can I do that, Bill? And that's where the passion of scouting came from for me because I couldn't have it. But just because I can afford it, sometime we're going to have to plant trees that shade we know we're never going to sit under. Amen. But that's okay. Amen. That's okay. And scouting does do that. It, it takes it takes young men and young women and takes them in an environment Wow, ah, we got female Eagle Scouts now. I love it. Congratulations, Scouting. I love it. Come on into the 21st century. It's okay. Yeah. Come on in. Yeah, we had, lot, on in. we had a lot of people shaking about that one, but uh, it's the people right thing. People shake about everything. Oh, they shook guess. when Jesus, they shook about Jesus. They said Jesus came into the city building and was preaching, riding on a donkey, and the established religious folks start shaking. Yeah, the Pharisees were not happy with him. Not <laughs> at all. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's a, you know, we were in Israel watching where that happened was pretty imp- powerful. The, uh, but, you know, the scouts thing is, is, really, is really embedded in a lot of, we have 50 million alumni. Wow. So we got a big alumni. I, I do want to share one story that you and I had, and it's a humorous story. So I'm going to kind of switch gears here on you. When we were in the scout executive's cabin at Philmont, and we were going around telling everybody about how we met our spouse. I was sitting next to Bev. Mm-hmm. You were across the room. Uh-huh. And you started telling your story. Right. And it became emotional. And Because yeah, I love my wife. You love Everybody your wife. Everybody know I love my wife. I just think that the Bible, when it says that when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing. And my life was just hard. And I found my wife, and I just believe she's an angel from God for me. And also just being in the delivery room, Bill, being in the delivery room, watching my wife give birth to our sons, it Mm. just changes a man. Yeah. I had the same experience with my wife. Same exact thing. But back to your story. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. You mentioned my wife, yep. and I go off with the digress about how I love my <laughs> wife. And, you know, I just, I say it, and I've had men come to me and like, man, man, man I, I love the way you just say it about your wife. Less, it's, it's no, nothing more manly than a man looking and telling other men that he loves his wife. Can't, can't, I, I can't be without her. I want to be with her all the time. When I travel, I want her to come with me. There you go. And uh, so you're sitting there telling this story, and I'm sitting next to your wife, Bev, and you're looking over, and you say, and my best friend, I love you. Uh Uh-huh. Well, there's this pause, long pause, so I thought you were talking to me. (laughs) And so I just said, well, I love you back, Odell. And my wife says, he was talking about Beverly. What are you doing? And everybody broke up. We must have laughed about that. And so that was my thing. Whenever time I say I love you, it goes back to that conversation. Well, you know what? I still love you too, Bill. <laughs> and the good thing about it is that you don't get to know anyone till you travel. You know, I, I think as we get older, as our friendship grows and we get older, I think these stories will probably get a little bit better. 
I think the stories will build because I think before it's over, you're going to have on a shirt like this and you're going to have on orange um, orange shoes and all this kind of stuff. And it's going to say, Bill, remember, it's almost like a fishing story. The fish was this size. So it's like, I'm going to buy you one of these shirts, Bill. So you're going to mess around and you're going to be looking like a shirt like this. But I don't know. But again, I do Cajons and you do where? Uh, Medellin, Colombia. <laughs> 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 Got to go there for shoes. But we both have shoes, Yeah, right? we both All have shoes. All God's children yeah. will have shoes. Yeah. Find Bill and Odell online at thecommonground.show. This podcast is a production of BG Ad Group. Darren Sutherland, executive producer. Jeremy Powell, creative director. Jacob Sutherland, director. All rights reserved. This podcast is proudly sponsored by... Whether you're a big, medium, or small business, managing and growing the bottom line is important. Focus CFO brings the experience and financial acumen of a Fortune 100 chief financial officer to your company at a fraction of the cost. PNL help, internal reporting processes, or any business transitions or events. Focus CFO will help you and your team have a CFO in your company's back pocket. Focus CFO. Learn more at focuscfo.com. This podcast is brought to you by Yes Weekly, the triad's largest circulated and best read weekly magazine. You can also find us online at yesweekly.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yes Weekly, your trusted news leader for local arts, entertainment, music, food, and more for nearly 18 years.